Welcome to another episode of Off Script with Rip. I'm your host, Ryan Ripkin, and this is a podcast where I bring on different guests from a variety of industries to talk about their journey. And this week's guest is Drew Maggi. He is a professional baseball player, actually a big league player. He debuted for the Pittsburgh Pirates this season after 13 years in the minor league. So if you've seen the story or if you're not certain about it, go Google Drew Maggi. But he really embodies what it is to never give up. And that's even one of the brands that's really he's been pushing. It, he's partnered with a company called Breaking Tea T-Shirts that is putting out these, these shirts and this message of never giving up. And this episode, I think you guys are really going to like because I think it can really embody what so many people on a day-to-day uh, journey that people have to deal with. So before we start with it, as always, please like, review, subscribe to the podcast. It gives me better feedback to make this all better for you. But without further ado, here is the interview with Drew Maggi. Welcome to another episode of Off Script with Rip. I'm your host, Ryan Ripkin, and this week's guest is Drew Maggi. Drew, how you doing? Good morning. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, man. Good to be here. Yeah, and it was funny talking to you just before we got going of just the whirlwind that is uh professional baseball and the stories and currently uh you're still because you've for the for ones that don't know and i'm going to have this all your background on this you know you've spent you know it seems like to some people a lifetime in certain places and going to places and um you're still at the same apartment complexes when you started your career you know 10 13 years ago Oh yeah. Still, uh, still, I'm in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So still, uh, I'm actually, I think I'm staying in this exact same apartment. So same smell. I mean, like old times. Well, that's good. I guess things change for the better, for the worse in this case, not at all. Uh, but just for, like I said, there's the background's going to be out there, but just for people to know you a little bit, give a little bit of your history, obviously, you're from Arizona, so maybe just walk us through a little bit of just kind of your journey to get to professional baseball. Yeah, so I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, big Italian family. I have five brothers, a sister, um, four of my brothers. They all play baseball. My brother, Bo, played with the Royals for a little bit, had a little stint in pro ball. We actually played ASU together. My brother, Joseph played at U of A. He actually won a national championship there. So he played, my brother Christian played in kind of Juco type, but Yavapai. And then my brother Dane was randomly 6'4 and played basketball. I don't know how that worked, but, (laughs) and then, yeah, my sister's a school teacher. And then my, my older brother plays poker, but yeah, so we, Grew up in Arizona, athletic family, grew up playing a lot of sports. Uh, My dad coached us throughout, you know, big inspiration there, kind of, you know, I played football, basketball, baseball. So, you know, baseball for me at a younger age was just kind of like another competitive sport. You know, I, I loved it, but just, you know, like, hey, it's summertime, time to play baseball. So I did that, did that with my brothers went through high school, um, didn't really have a lot of offers coming out of high school. I I was getting a lot of junior college, U of A, actually, you know, were I preferred walk-on. I think that's what they were calling it. So they, they invited me to be like a preferred walk-on, kind of go there and basically try out. And that actually didn't work out because I, I got into it with their number one prospect or whatever going in so they actually revoked it and we on my high school team we had a bunch of guys going to asu so you know the the coaching staff would come out all the time and watch games and you know i happened to have a good game when they were there and they met with me after so i went and met with pat murphy who was the coach at the time and he offered me a small scholarship went in there as a freshman you know, battling for for a position. I I think I beat out six shortstops that fall, just, you know, 
just was feeling it, you know, got hot at the right time and ended up winning the job. And I think from there, that's really kind of where my baseball journey really started because, you know, before that it was just kind of, you know, feeling it out. Kind of, I was just a, a player, you know, I just w- wanted to compete anywhere I could. And, you know, baseball from that point, it kind of started at a really good freshman year. My sophomore year, my brother came in and played with me at ASU. We lived together, had another good year. I went and played for Team USA, had a really good summer, ended up getting drafted by the Pirates. And, you know, that's, I mean, I always love baseball, but that's really where it was like, okay, this is, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is, uh, this is my passion. This is what I'm going to put everything into. And, and yeah, it went through the, the pro ball journey, four years with the Pirates. I went, then I went to the, uh, the Angels. Then I went to the Dodgers for two years. Then I went to the Indians. Then I went to the Twins. Then I went to Phil- the Phillies and then ended up getting traded back over to the Pirates. So that's kind of, I mean, with a bunch of stories in between from anything you can imagine. But, yeah, that's, that's basically how we got here. It's funny. I knew that this the list was going to come from just yeah. where it was here to there to there. Uh, and we'll get into that a little bit. But I, I want to just touch on something you just talked about. It's a little bit different than than hearing nowadays is that usually there's a lot of kids that are specializing in sports and moving forward. And hearing from, from you, when you realized the passion that you wanted it to be baseball was not really until you got into college. Am I hearing that correctly? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you were younger, you know, you didn't have necessarily a favorite sport or did you have another sport you really liked of those sports or it's just, you just love the competing factor year round. Well, I, I always love baseball, but, you know, just coming from, you know, a big family, we were, you know, we would play two on two basketball. We would play two on two football. Then we would move into wiffle ball. We, we used to tape up a ball and we had like those little wood bats I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember those. We taped that up, and we 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 had a, a rec room when we grew up. So we would tape out. We taped out a baseball diamond, duct tape some some bases, put some duct tape up on the wall for a home run. So you know, growing up, it was just you know you were constantly playing different sports. You loved them all, but you know you're a young kid. You don't. I mean, I always. I mean, there was moments like you know when I was. When I was super young, like eight years old, my mom, she was washing dishes. We were putting, you know, uh, I was putting the plates in the dishwasher. And I remember she she asked me, she said, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, we're just kind of messing around. And I told her I wanted to be a baseball player. And she was like kind of messing around, too. Goes, all right, well, you know, at your first game, I want you to give me a hot dog with everything on it. So you know, you, you don't really think about that, but I actually, yeah, about a month ago, I was able to do that. I remembered it, but yeah. So, I mean, growing up, it was, it was, I just loved to compete. You know, I loved, I just love sports in general. And, you know, it, it just happened that baseball was kind of my path and, you know, I'm glad that it was cause you know, it's, yeah. I mean, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it- it, it, I'm a similar way. I, I play the other sports. That's why I was wondering. Baseball is the one thing I could always, I, I never felt when I was younger, I could let go of. I love basketball. Like that's my other sport that I, you know, now that I'm done playing, uh, I'm I'm really into uh, trying to play pickup leagues, try to see if I still got, got it a little bit. Yeah, try to, right? Um, but uh, but there's something about the game of baseball and it never was because actually of my family, by the way, uh, you know, in Maryland, it's a big lacrosse state. Uh, I always played baseball, but it was not because of the pressure of my family. I just loved it. Uh, but for you, I guess then moving into pro ball and, and I actually want you to remember that story you just told about your mom here. So you're going to bring that up in a little bit. Um, I just <laughs> professional baseball. It's always a dream to be able to get there. And it is an honor and a privilege. But I do think it is always one of the most misunderstood businesses out there. 
And I think no one probably understands that more than you, you know, going through it. So first off, ask when you got into pro ball, did you have an idea of what it was going to be or or was this something that was just a whole new world? Oh, whole new world. You know, I coming from Arizona, ASU, top program, when play for Team USA. I mean, I was getting five star treatment. And, you know, when you ju- I jumped into pro ball, I went to Charleston, um, West Virginia, yeah. was my first year. So some small city, you know, first time that I was really away from home. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a shell shock, you know, playing every day is completely different. You know, the spreads, the food is hit or miss, to say the least. Um and yeah, it's just a, you know, your body goes through so much. You're going to these small cities, you're taking 13 hour bus rides and rolling in at 7 a.m. in the morning. And then you're playing that night and it's every single day, you know, and it was, you know, now we're playing those six game stretches with an off day every Monday. Back in the day, it was, you know, you play four on a bus to a new city, play three on a bus back home play four, another three. I mean, it was just one after the next. So, yeah, I mean, it's – and then, you're yeah, you're in these cities that you you know you don't know anybody. You're, you know, you're trying to look for a breakfast place in the morning. A lot of the hotels are, you know, just – I mean, you got a bed. And, yeah, so it's just – it's completely different, and it's it's just a grind – especially when you're struggling or, I mean, you really got to, got to mentally know how to get through stuff like that. Yeah. It, it goes from it. And that's why with the college, the college ranks when you're at one of the top schools, yeah, it really feels like that's what pro ball should embody. Yeah. But what really pro ball is, and I, I tell people this all the time. I know people look at with the guys who make it to the bigs, and go, well, you know, they're getting paid a lot. And like, you know, it's, I'm not going to have them complain. It's like, you know, if they, when they get, when they get there, some guys get are accelerated. It's not guys are flying through the minor leagues in two or three years. You know, mm-hmm. that does happen. But a lot of these guys, it's working their ass off, trying to make it each time. And as we know, the, the pay, the payments were not the same, especially when you're under your current, your, your normal deal, not the free agent deal. Um, where you can try to make a little bit more money, but guys are really trying to get by. And a lot of guys physically or mentally can't get by the full seasons and then just financially can't even get by um, on a year to year. So what was, what was something you had to tell yourself during this to kind of get in the rhythm? Cause obviously you don't stick, you stick around for a lot of different reasons, but you also have to figure out how to stick around. So what was something for you that helped you kind of do that? What I mean, what everything you just said is is a good point because I mean, there's guys sleeping, you know, at the field because you know your pay is so low. They're trying to save money. Um, so yeah, I think I think for me sticking around, it was kind of year to year. You know, it was, there was a lot of adjustments in there because, like you said, coming into pro ball. You're like, oh, I'm going to be in the big leagues in two years, you know, or, you know, you kind of set these goals and you're so young. I mean, probably very unrealistic. You just don't understand pro ball yet. So, you know, as as three years, four years, new team, you're still making the same pay. You know, you, you really I mean, for me, it's like I didn't even really understand you know, money and just like, you know, the whole you're, you're really becoming a, a man and an adult throughout this process. So, you know, you're growing through that. But yeah, so for it was just year to year for me, you know, it was it was more like, you know, at the beginning of my career is like, how can I get better at baseball? You know, and then, you know, I kind of mastered some things, made a bunch of adjustments to my swing um, you know, met a lot of great people that helped me adjust, you know, cause I, you know, I came in and I was raw, you know, I, I thought I had it all, but I was very raw. I, my hands, 
you know, were stagnant. I didn't know how to use my legs. Um, I mean, I had a, I had a good approach, but really when I went to the Dodgers is a guy named Mayshore. He, uh, you know, I came in and we, we play like a practice game, a six inning little inner squad. And after the game, he goes, Hey, come with me. We're going to go in the cages. So we went in the cages, probably about four hours. And a, I mean, he, he taught me a step back drill. He taught me how to barrel tip, kind of accelerate through the zone. And we, I mean, we were working, I was hitting like Barry Bonds for a little bit. I had my hands down low, like Jay Buhner. I, I mean, hands up high. I was tipping backwards. Uh, I was doing the step back and he was just telling me to fire my quad. I mean, I couldn't walk for like three days. But from there, it was kind of, I kind of pieced together this swing and, you know, really kind of accelerated my, my hitting numbers and, you know, kind of became more big league ready. And, you know, there was a long time where I was big league ready. You know, I was playing very well, probably could have made my debut a while ago. But I think from there, you know, for me, in order to, to continue to play as I got older, because, you know, in this game, you, you know, 28 like 40 in the real world. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's you're just you're looked at in a whole different way. So as I got older, I really had to adapt to to kind of being a, a culture setter in the locker room and, you know, just really good with people, really good with the younger players and also have to be a good player. So, you know, for for me, for that in in that regard, I I had a lot of great mentors, you know, as because I when I was younger, I looked up to the older guys, you know, when I when I first got here, guys like Brock Holt who was a couple years older than me, you know, I watched everything he did, really tried to learn from him. And that was more of a baseball sense. And then, you know, when I got with the, with the Indians in 2017, uh, Mike Napoli came into camp and he ended up going to AAA. So I, I got to play with him and, you know, just watching him in the locker room, the way, you know, what he brought every day to the team and just keeping guys loose, allowing guys to kind of be themselves inside the locker room and just the way he set the tone. You know, everyone was ready to play every single day. And, you know, I learned from that. And so I think the last, you know, three or four years, really just kind of being that guy in the clubhouse as a mentor and a leader, you know, it's really helped me kind of, you know, keep my career going and you know obviously led to to this season and and kind of getting a chance in the in the major league level so then at what point then because looking back it looked like 2016 2017 would have been that reference point you said where you felt like you were ready and and you weren't but i tell people all the time it doesn't always come for players even when they think they're ready because teams are you know viewing different players you know differently and i could use that verbiage or wordage better verbiage better but that that's the reality of the sport they pick and choose who they're going to elevate and who they want to see get that opportunity so for you realizing and hoping you get the call then and it didn't you know how did that affect you mentally or what did you kind of have to tell yourself after that well yeah i mean i i think too to your point i think i mean a lot of it is you know who they want to call up who they you know, the PR game, you know, there's obviously politics involved. There's, you know, guys getting hurt, certain positions. I mean, and then also, you know, I was with the Dodgers. They were they were going to the World Series every year. So it was, uh, you know, they had a lot of good players up in the major league level. So, I mean, it was a challenge in that regard, just kind of getting up there because, you know, every good one was healthy. And, you know, if they needed a guy, they would go on the market and, you know, get a Josh Donaldson or a Manny Machado. So, yeah, but, you know, 2016, 2017, I really kind of developed, you know, my skills, just kind of advanced them to to where I felt very confident as a player to where I was probably ready for the big leagues then and, you know, put up some good seasons. Um, and then – yeah, I think in 2019 with the Twins, I really thought I was going to get called up, but that was also the year that they broke the home run record. So they went to the playoffs. So, I mean, it was, yeah, it was just kind of 
you know, I was just in really good organizations, which, you know, helped me too, because, you know, the Dodgers AAA team had a bunch of studs in it. So it really helped me, you know, put up good numbers and good seasons because, you know, playing with good players, it helps you, you know, good people in the locker room, guys that love baseball, it makes the season so much better. So, you know, and then, you know, 2020 COVID happened. So I was in the, the alternate site for over a hundred days, just kind of going to the field, you know, taking batting practice for two hours and then going back to the hotel. So missed a season there. And then 2021, I had my best season. And, you know, that was the year that I actually did get called up. We went to Toronto and, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's the journey and it's the process, right? You know, and and in some cases, it's trying to persevere. I guess I should ask you this through all of it, because then you're fluctuating back down between, you know, triple A, double A, the whole part of it. Did any point for you to get like that debut, that feeling, did it ever cross your mind that it wouldn't happen? I Definitely. You know, I like I like I said earlier I mean at the beginning of my career it was like going to the big leagues this year this year this year you know and slowly as I got older it it kind of became a a hang on mentality you know kind of more day to day you know let's just try to have a good season to kind of be able to play the next year you know it's so obviously you know getting to the big leagues you know was always the goal but it just became less and less important as I got older because, you know, I love playing. So it just became, you know, if it doesn't happen, you know, something I had to accept is, you know, I love playing baseball, still doing what I love. I'm going to the clubhouse every day. You know, I'm doing the same thing the big leaguers are doing just, you know, obviously for a lot less money and on a, you know, way smaller scale, but it, you know, the love of the game has always been there for me. So it was it was hard in a lot of ways, but it was also very easy because, you know, I'm still playing every night and, you know, still having a good time. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of things, this is all temporary in a sense, right? This isn't a career where you can go, you know what, I'm going to play baseball for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that you stop and you come back and go, hey, I want to keep playing. But that's great. We've moved on. Yeah, (laughs) Um, I tell people that all the time, but I I went through that in the sense where I had moments where I was frustrated constantly for a lot of different reasons. But what I'd have, that was my moment of looking at him like this is not a lot of people get to do this. I love doing this and it doesn't last forever. And so take it for what it is. Enjoy the ride. And you're still going to have a lot of great experiences. Like I don't I don't regret anything through the pro ball, but there are a lot more, it feels like there can be a lot more downs than they are ups, but, but my experience, like it, it really, the whole thing, I wouldn't change. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it kind of embodied what I did, but we'll get to the more of the, the fun part for you. Cause then you finally, you know, I actually, I, I love the fact with when, when the video and the presentation, obviously you didn't know what was happening when you're getting called up. Um, was that is that even a normal obviously it wasn't a normal meeting but was there any any hint or thought before going into that speech of the no. viral video well what was so funny about it i mean you know you know in double a you just have meeting after meeting so yep. getting getting the team together and have a meeting is very normal and we we actually we knew it was going to rain the night before so our manager just he was like, hey, the game was at four. It's like show up at two. We're gonna hit in the cages at three. Just kind of roll into it. So it was one of those days. So, yeah. you know, I, it's one fifty. I call an Uber on my way to the field. It's about twenty minutes away. I get a text from Krabby's like or the team group chat that says, hey, team meeting at two. I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna make it. So. <laughs> I texted him and I said, I, yeah, I was just like, Hey, I'm about 20 out. Um, I'm not going to make the meeting. And he just said, okay. So I got an Uber was on my way to the field. I'm getting texts from the entire team. 
this is so Bush, where are you? You would be the only guy not here. I'm getting calls, where are you? I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, hey, I texted Krabby, the manager, like, I'm good. Like, start the meeting. What I mean, what is it? What's the, like, What's this meeting? We have it every day. Like, talk about the pitcher and let's move on. And so, yeah, I rolled in there. Everyone's dressed, sitting down, and they clap me in. And I'm like, all right, I'm here. You know, what do we got? Rip the shirt off. And I could tell right away that it was serious. It was a little different, you know, just by his tone of voice. And and then I could tell he was, you know, he was sending someone to the big leagues. And for me, it's like I've been in those meetings a thousand times. I know how those go. So in my head, I'm kind of like, I was like, all right, who, you know, who would it, who would it, who is it? Who's going to the big leagues, you know, kind of looking around, thinking about who it could be. And then, yeah, when he said my name, I mean, just, yeah, complete shock, mind racing, body numb, you know, can't feel the your hands or your feet, kind of don't know what to do. You're kind of, you kind of feel like you're in this different world of just thoughts and like, is this really happening? Like, so, and then, yeah, just let out that, that let's fucking go. And I don't know where that came from, but just an out of body experience. <laughs> I mean, I know where that comes from. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's just the raw, that's just, <laughs> that's just the raw emotion, you know? Yeah. Like, and I love, I, I laugh just because going through, I, I can literally picture the exact, and when I was watching it, you get this, you see that, that, portion of it but you explain how it leads up i are like i can visually imagine everything that just happened there because you're right and you're sitting there I, i've seen it myself it's just yeah, it's you're, crazy you're, um you're looking around you're like well he's been playing pretty well you know could be him maybe thinking about a pitcher young prospects i mean you just you you never think it's you i've been you know i've been through that phase of Oh, it's my, you know, it's me, it's me, and it got over that. <laughs> and and then and then it finally was you, and then you have those. And I think that's where, to me, why I was so drawn to to your situation. And I think because of understanding and being in it. And again, like that's why, like you're expressed all the emotions. You're you're excited. You're screaming out, "Let's fucking go!" But you're also it doesn't it, it's what you've set out to do is finally mm -hmm. happening and, and that's why what i'm saying i know that it's a it's a it's a privilege to play professional baseball but not everyone gets to play in the majors and and everyone is chasing that dream and i tell people this all the time there are some of the most talented players that i've ever seen not make it to the big leagues for many reasons so guys that make it, it's either the opportunities were right, they were, they were so talented, it couldn't keep them out, or there was guys that talented that didn't make it that they just couldn't put everything together or got injured. Mm -hmm. And so to see you get a chance because you, you've proven that you could be a big league player, to me was, was awesome. So they kind of just like walk me through the next like 24 hours for you. Well, you know? I actually want to touch on that because – I same way for me, you know, coming yeah. up, there was so many guys that like, dude, you're going to play 10 years in the show. And, you know, they would battle some injuries or some things would happen and, you know, they'd be out of the game in a couple of years and you're just like, gosh, you know, and, and then some guys that were older, you know, as the game kind of got younger, kind of got pushed out that were really good players that could help a big league team. So I think for me, you know, kind of as I've extended my career, you know, a lot of I obviously know a lot of people in the game and, you know, getting a lot of, you know, keep it rolling from just guys that, you know, kind of got pushed out or, you know, had to give it up, started families. So, I mean, it, it just it was more emotional for me, too, because, you know, I've been playing for a lot of those guys for a long time and, you know, they've helped me you know, in ways in my career and they, they've really helped me kind of push forward in tough times. So it, it kind of on an emotional level, I mean, that was, that was one of the cooler things for me, but yeah. So yeah, I got called up, 
And so immediately after, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, I go outside. I'm like, you know, taking deep breaths. I'm like having a panic attack. I, I call my mom, no answer. Call my dad, no answer. Brothers, no answer. I'm like, what is going on? So finally get a hold of my mom and she she can tell immediately she she's all peppy she was out with a friend she's like oh hey what's up and she could tell immediately that something was wrong with me and she's like what's are you okay and i was like mom going up and it was actually funny because i was i'm in double a so she goes oh you're going to indy which is triple a team i was like no mom i'm going to the big leagues and she she lost it and so we had a we had a cool moment there called my dad same thing he's all emotional in a more fired up way and then you know called my brother Bo, who's we're a year apart you know he played pro ball understands the grind he you know he's fired up for me and he actually just started a sales job so you know i told him i was like hey you know i'm going up today probably going to play tomorrow. We, we had a day game and he's like, oh, I don't know if I can, I can get off, you know? And I was like, I need you there. You got to be there. So he ended up, you know, getting off and my parents and Bo took a red eye up there. I, uh, I went and talked to the manager. He, he told me that Ryan Reynolds was, or Brian Reynolds was going on bereavement. So he didn't know how long I was going up for, you know, it could right. be one day, could, you know, who knows? So, you know, I didn't care. But so I I actually borrowed our clubby's car, went back to the, the apartment that I'm in now. I packed all my things, went to the field. I actually had a cool moment with uh, KY, our hitting coach or our hitting coordinator and nuns are hitting because we ended up getting rained out so everybody was gone so i get in there and they're the only two guys there and you know i'm packing my stuff they have a a, you know private car coming to pick me up to drive me to pit and you know they're like hey this is you know you're going to big leagues like be ready to play be ready to start and then you know it kind of hit me like you know playing didn't even cross my mind you know i was like oh i'm going to the big leagues i'm going to the and then i was like then i thought about actually being on the field and it was a whole different feeling i was like oh i'm gonna be on a big league field hopefully and so yeah i drove into pit which was cool on the way there because it's a beautiful drive from altoona it's just green mm-hmm. mountains rivers lakes so you know, and I ended up, you know, making calls. I was scrolling through my phone kind of, you know, because, you know, like through the grind, you don't really do that. You know, you have to be your mindset has to be so forward and so on to the next thing and just where your feet are so present. You know, it was cool that, you know, I just I just had a thought. I was like, I'm going to kind of look through my years, you know, so I, I went back to year one or as far back as I can go and kind of just flashbacked it all the way through, you know, for about two hours. And it was cool. It was emotional. It was, you know, just a lot of different memories kind of going through my career, you know, playing Italian baseball with my brother, um, you know, just the, the old teammates that I played with. It was just like a cool experience driving. And then when I saw Pittsburgh, the, the city, I mean, it's a beautiful city, the bridges, everything and rolled into there went up to the hotel room you know from my window i could see the stadium i actually got in at nighttime so they were already playing so the lights were on guys were on the field you know i ordered some room service threw on a robe ordered some food watched the game so i i mean yeah it was the the whole that whole day and and kind of leading into my first I mean, I wish I could just have slow mode it and just slowed time down because it was just awesome. Oh yeah, I mean, I think I think the cool part is you reflecting on all of it, and then and then coming back to this is this is what it is, and of course, it's always the moments that we wait for. You wish you could just be there a little bit longer, mm-hmm. you know, and 
but at the same time, the fact of being able to know wh- how you got there makes it even that that much sweeter. Uh, and I'm glad you took it all in because it, yeah. be, it would be a shame if you didn't. I was, uh, I, I was, I'm going to enjoy this. I, I told him to myself because there was actually a moment too where, you know, I was given all these interviews and my brother Bo was with me. Who's yeah. he's like George Costanza from Seinfeld, you know? So yeah. he, you know, I give an interview, he's in the room and you know, I'm being, I'm just being real. I'm just being me. And Bo's, he's just hilarious. He's like, you can't be that. You can't be real. Like this is, this is going everywhere. This is media. And I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm going to enjoy, I'm embracing this. I'm just giving them me through and through. I don't even care. Like, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to take this all in and I'm going to give everyone what I'm about, what I've gone through, because a lot of it's hard, you know, like there's so much, you know, if you want to call it trauma, you know, just tough moments throughout your career, you go through relationships friends, new friends, old friends, you know, there's just so many moments in 13 years that a lot of it you don't want to talk about, you know, you, you, and you bury it up inside because, you know, it's a choice. You got to be positive to move forward and kind of learn from all that, the, the bad stuff and make adjustments and kind of go forward. But, you know, for me, it was like, when I got asked a question, it was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be authentic and I'm going to, I'm just going to give people the Drew Maggi story. And, you know, I'm glad that I did. And I just really, you know, soaked in just where I was in the moments and tried to slow everything down, you know, the best I could just to, you know, just enjoy it, you know, because it had been, it was everything for me for, for so long. Yeah. Well, the thing too, is that, that, that's the beauty of it. You could tell that authenticity, not even just with, the interviews or all the media stuff, just how you carried yourself, what you did, you know, and that's the thing is I didn't even know you before, you know, us or me reaching out to you. So thanks for, for, for popping on, but, but it was, it, that's the type of fuel. And I think that's what a lot of people nowadays don't always understand, or they don't always feel that with people that get to it, even get to these certain levels. Um, some guys are more relatable than others. That's the reality of the world. Um, but if you're able to show who you truly are, it's only going to ring true the entire moment even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in a sport where I think just sports in general, you know, people idolize guys. Like I grew up with that. People idolize my dad. Uh, and rightfully so. Like I, he, he did some things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did some things. He was pretty good, but people, people appreciated, you know, also what he embodied and what he did and, mm-hmm. and how he, carried himself on a day-to-day basis like that was a little thing that that people could relate to some guys some cases nowadays a lot of people might love a player but they don't know if they fully relate to that so Mm -hmm. to have someone come up there and just be themselves off the get-go it to to me is just one of the that's if you can be yourself at the highest stage that you're doing something right so i I love the fact that you stay true to it so Mm -hmm. Again, you move. We'll just we'll keep going here, just because I guess this is the meat of it, right? Uh, yeah. Even though I, I've actually enjoyed every single part of it, this is why I wanted you on. So you finally you get to the you go through the whole things. You're at the clubhouse. If you want to talk about leading up to the first time, you're actually gonna get your opportunity to, to enter and pinch hit. But when you're at the field, then same type of feels of of this isn't real, or was it finally? sinking in just a hair i honestly the whole week was kind of is this is this really happening for me there was so many times like that um you obviously know where you are but you know i was constantly in this state of you know because there's so many different things that happen like the first day getting to the clubhouse you know walking in you know there's cameras on you you just you have this excitement like you know 24 hours ago i was walking into a double a locker room you know not even sure if i was playing that day you know yeah. and, and now i'm walking into a big league clubhouse you know i, I walked in shelty's right there just big smile on his face 
you know, hugs me. He's like, so proud of you. I mean, just a big league manager telling you, you know, he's proud of you just right off the get go. And then I, I walk in to the clubhouse, you know, I see the Jersey with my name on it, 39, which I fully expected like a, you know, an offensive lineman number. Yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> the 30, I was like, Oh no, I got a cool number, you know? So, and just seeing Maggi across it and just looking around the smell, just everything that, you know, you hear about, you know, you finally are experiencing it yourself. And so, yeah, I mean, that whole day was just, I mean, it was a day game, so it, it happened pretty quick. So we went out and we took ground balls, you know, it was the first time out there, you know, field felt like jello. You know, you're looking up, the stadium's huge, the big lights, the, the massive scoreboard. And, you know, I knew some guys that were on the other team, too, on the Reds that I played with. So it was cool seeing them, you know, the looks on their faces, like, no way, you know, no way, congrats. So, I mean, that's also a cool thing. And then, yeah, went went to the game, you know, didn't end up getting in. You know, my parents, my brother were there. So, yeah, didn't get in, but I mean, I, I was, I was excited and, you know, a little bit like, you know, I really thought I was going to get in and we had an off day the next day. So I came in to the, the clubhouse after the game and, you know, I'm sitting there and DK, our bench coach comes up to me. He's like, Hey, Skip wants to see it. And I'm like, Oh no, like this, this is not happening again. Not yet, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so we had an off day the next day. So I walk into the office and he's like, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm like, I feel great. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I just want to let you know you're, you're going to be back tomorrow. So be ready to play. Enjoy your off day. Get a couple drinks. Have a good time tonight. So I was like, I mean, absolutely. You got to tell me that twice. So, yeah, and it was cool because my two other brothers flew in that day or the next day the off day at four so they were they were there so yeah then we had dinner we went to italian dinner that night next day we had a night game so felt you know a little more like like a baseball game dodgers were rolling in so we went to, i went to breakfast with my brother we walked around the city a little bit my four brothers and i we walked to the field set me in and then it was like it was cool because that day was you know you took bp on the field kind of had a more normal day, you know, you ate, they have a sauna in the big league clubhouse, which, you know, I dabbled in, got a nice little sweat. I was using all the amenities. You so, should. <laughs> it felt like a spa day. So, so yeah, led into the game, you know, really thought I was going to get in again, didn't get in. So, and that game, actually a couple of my friends, that are from the Boston area came in. So it was cool seeing them. We went to McFadden's after the game. They actually were were holding up my spring training jersey in the crowd. And like Chan, it was funny because um Rebello came up to he was like, he's a the third base coach. He's like, I saw your jersey last night in the stand. Someone was just holding it up. And I was in my eye, I was like, Yeah, I was one of my good friends. <laughs> but so yeah, I didn't play. So I mean. It was tough because, you know, you're just constantly thinking you're just so locked in to, to getting in and then it didn't happen. So and then you just don't know how long you're going to be there, you know, because the the first time with the twins, you know, I thought I was going to get an A.B., you know, we rolled into Chicago and then just like that, as quickly as I went up, I went back down. So you're constantly in this state of mind of at any moment you can get a call. So the next night, same thing, BP went through the ground balls, you know, and then got into the game, just a long game. You know, every game just felt like an eternity, family in the crowd. And yeah, in the eighth inning, um, Shelty came up to me and I'm constantly, I'm loose the whole time. You know, I'm just, all right, all right, just be ready, be ready. And Shelty's like, hey, Madge, you ready to hit? I was like, yeah. Cut McCutcheon's spot was coming up, which, you know, I thought was awesome that he gave that up for me. And Shelty was like, Cutch, Cutch, you're down. Madge, you're up. So 
from that, then you're like, oh, you know, shit. It's on. Shit, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I went up, went up to the barrack and I'm looking like, you know, you know how it is. Like, where are my gloves? You know, like you're just yeah. in this panic. And so I find my gloves. I'm like trying to breathe, slow it down. Like this just constantly like this is the moment. You know, this is it. And just going out of the, the dugout, never forget it. Going out of the dugout, walking to the on deck circle, you know, just feeling that moment, looking around, grab the pine tar, the bat weight, just, I mean, yeah, just chills up your body and you're just, it's, it's crazy because you're so emotional yet, you know, that you have to be locked in because, you know, this is, this is your first AB, you know, this is, it's happening. And yeah, so, you know, walking, walking to the plate, hearing my name, you know, announced, you're just like, I'm getting it started on that first pitch. But, you know, for me, it was a little different because, you know, the, the crowd started to chant my name. You know, I, I walked up to the plate, you know, just kind of thinking, you know, get a nice little stand, like ovation, you know, a little clap, like, you know, congrats. And, you know, I stepped in, kind of kicked around the box for a second. And then I looked out to right field and people started to stand up. And I was like, that was kind of weird. And then they started to clap and yell my name. And, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't even know what to do. I'm like, do I just get in the box? Do I stand here? Do I, you know, do I take off the helmet? I'm like, I, so I gave like this awkward little like hand wave. <laughs> <laughs> just had no clue how to like handle this situation. But. Oh gosh. So. You know, I was thinking of it though. Have you had a standing ovation before, or when's the last time you had one? Period. I mean, I, I've gotten like a big hit standing ovation, but I mean, never, never anything before my at bat. I mean, that's yeah. or like the crowd chanting my name, like never. I, I mean, I, yeah, just I was like, what is going on? This is crazy. And was it correct me if I'm wrong? Then that at bat, did you get a pitch clock violation on that at bat? Yes, I did. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I this this whole pitch clock thing is just a whole different topic. Yeah, that's a whole different subject that we could jump into. Yeah. But I was thinking that the entire time, like there is no way you are getting called for a pitch clock violation, not on your court. But I'm just thinking, I'm like, let's just look at the moment here. I know. At the time, it was eight to one at the time. Yeah. Something like that. And I mean, clearly, he knew that, you know, something crazy. Like, I mean, you got to know. But it was funny, too. I got a lot of texts that were like, it would have been kind of epic had you gotten thrown out of your first game. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, uh, I like didn't even care. Like, normally, I'd be, you know, probably have a conversation, but I was just like, I'm not, I don't even care. Let's get back in there. Don't even worry about it. But yeah, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I, I struck out. It was, I mean, by far my best strikeout ever. I was ever because my, the first pitch was just, you know, I've been telling everybody for so long, Hey, when I get my first AB, I'm getting the head out, you know, and they're like, Oh, you won't, you're not going to swing it. I'm like, no, first I'm hacking. I don't care if it's in the dirt or over my head, I'm hacking and it's going somewhere pole side. And, and it, but when you get in the box at first time, I was like, I couldn't feel my body. You know, my, my bat feels like I, I have no clue where the barrel is, the pitcher, your depth perceptions a little bit off. So I'm like, Oh gosh, you know, (laughs) this is a little different right now. And, and I don't even think I knew who was pitching, you know, I kind of got up to the plate and then looked out and was like, Oh, you know, (laughs) Oh, it's a lefty. But isn't it funny how that happens though? Is these moments, and this is again like why I love this shit because the like this is how much it means to people to get to this moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like and, and the reactions everyone has to it, and your circumstances was is was or is different than than other people's of how how it came about and. And, but at the end of the day, you're still human, and you're finally accomplishing uh, a dream that you thought might not happen, and you're just mm-hmm. gonna have to possibly come to terms with that. So who cares if you, you struck out? I mean, I think that well, 
I'll say that the, who cares at the at bat, but you're hoping then you'd have the chance to get a knock. And and I know next game you had an opportunity. If correct me if I'm wrong, didn't get a hit there against the Dodgers. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over, I scored that day. So it was I, o, for, o for three day, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I then, thought too. What? I said I hit one good too, and I I thought it was it, and then just got tracked it down. I was like, oh my gosh. Right that was it thanks and then you were and then you, and then you were getting sent back down yeah so and then something kind of for people that don't know something kind of different happened you guys had a i'll let you tell it but there was a a double header that had to be played yeah so, so yeah we we rolled into washington and yeah, you know, I was feeling good. We rolled into the Ritz after the Dodgers day game. You know, I started, didn't get any hits, but we won. So took a flight, 45-minute flight to D.C. You know, I'll tell you what, they every five minutes you got a different snack coming at you. I'm like, I mean, I'm going to gain, I'm going to be 250 pounds if I played a full year up here. Just drumsticks, Chick-fil-A, uh, the whole works. Left so, and right. <laughs> So yeah, we rolled into you know the nicest hotel I've ever stayed in, and get in there. You know they got the the views, and it was hilarious because I'm like, you know, I'm at the window. I'm kind of still having moments of, you know, this you know you this is really happening, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in the show. I'm like I'm in the show. This is, you know, it's so cool. And at that moment, I get a, a text, like. Hey, Madge, uh, meet you. Or he was like, Hey, it's Sheltie. Give me a shout. So I'm like, Oh, so I know what that is. So I, I call him and he's like, Hey, can you meet me in the lobby? So I go down there and meet him. And basically it's him and, uh, Sherrington, the GM. And he's basically, you know, awesome week, man. Like couldn't, you know, you did great. Go down. We're going to send you down. We're going to option you down. You know, stay healthy. You know, we, we liked having you up here. You really held your own. You know, we'll, you know, obviously long season, just be ready to go. So it's like, all right, you know, shook hands. Thanks. Went up to the room. Just kind of, I was like, you know, kind of looking at the positive and negatives. You know, I was like, you know, yeah, this all happened. You know, awesome. You know, my parents got to see me on a big league field. Friends were there, got my first AB, got to start. And, but like you said, the hit, you know, I really, really wanted that big league hit. So my mind would kind of go to that. So I was just kind of, my head was spinning. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I got to get my mind off this. I'm going to go get a haircut. So I look up haircut and so there's one a mile away and it's raining. So I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to walk. So I'm walking, immediately realized it was a terrible idea. I'm so yeah, for sure. I get about I get about, I get I get to the hair salon finally. I'm soaked. I walk in and everyone's just staring at me like, okay, you're covered in water. And I'm like, hey, can I get a haircut? And they're like, Do you want a towel? I'm like, right, yeah, I have a towel. So I get a haircut. 30 minutes go probably 30, 45 minutes and check my phone after and I have nine missed calls from Shelton. So I'm like, Oh shit. So I call him back and he's like, what are you doing? Where are you? I'm like, Oh, sorry. I was getting a haircut. So he, uh, he basically tells me like, Hey, it's raining. I don't think we're going to play tonight. If we don't play, you're going to be a double header tomorrow and you're going to be able to be the 27th man on the roster. So kind of hang out. I'll let you know what happens. So I'm like, in my mind, like, oh, here we go. You know, like, come on, rain, come on, rain down on me. So I Uber back, get there. Good so call. The, the next like three hours, I'm, I'm just staring at my phone. Just come on, come on, come on. So I finally get the text saying, Hey, we're rained out. We'll send you the schedule out. Be ready to go tomorrow. So, you know, in my head, I'm like double header, have to play. You know, everyone plays right. double header. So right. first game happens, don't play. Face the lefty, thought, 
you know, possible, possible start, but didn't happen. So I went through the nine, thought I might be starting the second game, didn't start. I'm like, oh no, you know. So yeah, the game kind of goes. And, you know, thank God to the guys because they put on a hitting display. So a clinic. We, a clinic. So we, yeah, we got a big lead. So then, it, you know, guys started to tell me like, hey, you know, be ready, be ready. Like you're going to hit. So, you know, got some swings off in the cage. And then, you know, I kind of was thinking, I was like, okay, this is going to be more of a normal at bat. You know, you're on the road in D.C., you know, you're away from the home crowd. It's not going to be as emotional or like, you know, a World Series feeling. Like you can kind of breathe through and at bat, kind of be a little more normal. And, yeah, as I was walking to the plate, I mean, there was a bunch of Pittsburgh fans there too. But, you know, the D.C. fans, the Nationals fans, I mean, everyone, again, started chanting my name, standing. And so I was – like, this is crazy. So it was just like another moment of high intensity. And I mean, the, the bat was just a battle, you know, the whole. Because in my head, I knew I knew this was it. Like the other games, it's like you're still alive. You know, you're not really thinking, you know, you don't. You obviously know this could be your last at bat, but you don't. Right. This one, I knew I knew that this was the last, you know, the last little AB you could ever have in the big league. So going up to the plate, I was like, this is it. You gotta, you gotta put something together here. And it was funny because my mind was before I would step in the box was kind of like, you know, this is it kind of like that fearful kind of feeling inside, like don't mess this up type. And then I would get in the box and it would kind of be like an F you let's go, you know, this is on. I'm, I'm freaking hacking. So, but it would happen every pitch. So it was just this constant, like, all right, come on, come on, lock in. You got this. Like, and then I get in the box and it would just go into just warrior mode. And yeah, I ended up, you know, I broke my bat on the, on a pitch. I had to go back to the dugout. The, the bat boy couldn't, you know, find my bat. I'm, I'm just like, Jesus, come on. No, it's the one with the tape. So I get it. I walk back, they're chanting, and yeah, just worked, worked, fouled off a couple tough pitches, and you know, finally got a little hanging splitter over the outside. And I mean, it was perfect too because I just hit a hit it right back up the middle, so I got to see it all the way through. You know, making the run. I just remember feeling just this feeling of happiness, but also like a I did it. You know, I. I finally, I did it. You know, I always have that hit and just getting on first and my teammates, everyone just going crazy. The crowd, I mean, it was just the first base coach is just like, hey, enjoy this, take this moment. And yeah, it was just, it was just so wild that, that it just all happened that way because it obviously, you know, I shouldn't even have been there for that moment. And I was, you know, something kept me, kept me there and, and then, yeah, I'll never forget that that moment. And then, not only did you have that, then you you followed it up with a moment you didn't think would happen. You you smoked a double down the line. <laughs> just kept it rolling. Yeah. Listen, why not? If you're there, <laughs> you might as well just just have some fun with it. Yeah, um, yeah you can get another one. And you got and and just it. To me, though, yeah, take it in because you finally had that that experience, mm. um, and it was so cool. I'm, I'm, I was so happy. It's, it's weird whether people are, if you're religious or not, or whatever your belief is. But in some cases, when I just you, when I hear hear you talking about it, especially the rain out, it just feels like it was meant to be. It, yeah, and I mean it. It was just, yeah, it was like I was so emotional too. You know, so many times I wanted to break down and I knew I couldn't. You know, I had to stay locked in, like be focused. So I had to bottle up so much, you know, just tears and just, you know, my eyes would water randomly. And it was funny because, you know, if you saw me in my hotel room versus at the field or kind of, you know, with the lights on and, you know, it was just a completely different person because I was in tears, balling. I was, 
like you know i can't believe like you know it was just uh like that night when i went home you know i flipped on the tv and sports center was on and they were going through it and i was just in the pillow yelling at it you know and i'm not a crier like i'm a i think i i think the last time i cried was maybe like when i was in grade school so it's uh it was definitely just so much emotion and yeah it's Crazy. Yeah, it, nothing really to say with that. I mean, it's, but I, again, and this is why when, when you're able to accomplish something that you just don't think is feasible at, at times, and then it happens and how am I here? And then all the things that you were wondering how it would feel, I'm sure it felt that way. And even more, you know, when it mm -hmm. happened, like you said, you're watching yourself on sports center and I know it doesn't feel real, but you're like, I actually did this. And yeah, like I think dream. a lot of people, that's the thing is like you're, you're, I know we'll get close to wrap closer to wrapping up here, but that's where I feel like a lot of people, when they try to chase a dream they try to chase what they're doing, they feel like they either stop because they don't think it's possible or for whatever the reasons may be. Um, but the ones that stick it through, you get an opportunity to experience like this. Maybe people aren't screaming into the pillow. And, and being all emotional, but they have their own sense of, of, uh, I don't want to say fulfill, maybe fulfillment's the right word, but that you stuck it out and, and you can reap the benefit now. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, yeah. And I, well, I, I think, you know, just the, you know, there was just so many people kind of texting me and calling me and, you know, it just, it, it, just thinking back, just kind of going back to like the flashbacks of just, you know, everything that, and I think it does relate to, to a lot of people and just how hard life in general is. And there's so many times that you do just want to quit and do something else. And right. you constantly have to make a choice day to day to, to keep going. And I think that that, you know, up until that point, there was just so many moments of that, of just constantly battling. I, I'll do something else or just, you know, I'm done, I'm done. Or, and then you get right back to, no, let's get to work. You know, like something re-motivates you, re-energizes you, and then you're right back to work. But there was just, there's so many flip-flops of that, you know, there's, and life in general, no matter, no matter what you do there, that's just, how life is you just go through that so i think that you know finally you know being able to achieve that dream it's just i think it just kind of like people can look at that and just say never give up because in the end something crazy can happen and it's just like that like my everything has just changed for me it's just such a quick moment of just getting an opportunity and it's a lot of it was just me putting my head down and just doing the right things. And, you know, so it, I think that people, whether, you know, you relate to it or not, I think that it's a good just, and also for me, it was just kind of being able to see that, you know, if I do put in hard work in something and I do love something and I'm passionate about it and I, no matter what happens, you stay a good person and kind of, just find different ways to keep your life kind of going and being positive and making a choice to, to get better each day that, you know, something good can happen. And, you know, it, it did. So I think that I, I had hoped that, you know, I, people can get some sort of inspiration out of it and kind of, you know, chase what they want, want to do in life. Hell yeah. I mean, I think so. I mean, you have me, you have me inspired over here to, uh to continue on because like I, i'm starting over right and you're in a different career and i i have to go back from putting in all those the efforts and you have those constant doubts right mm -hmm. and but if you keep putting your best foot forward you keep putting in the work first and foremost and you have a better attitude about what you're doing you uh, things seem to, to to play out as long as you're able to keep those two things which kind of kind of leads into is as we wrap up here, you partner with Breaking Tea. 
And and so I have the links out for it. But you partner with Breaking Tea, a t-shirt group company, and your brand of never give up. You have shirts, hoodies. Apparently on this, I'm seeing a V-neck shirt. Oh, yeah. Uh, you gotta have the v-neck here you got to and i see it you're rocking i used to have a ton of the v's um <laughs> but i i actually got to get them more in my uh arsenal I, I i was like 245 when i played and now i'm down to like 220 225 so clothes don't fit as well as they used to yeah no you got a whole new wardrobe i oh believe me and, and i and i just moved places so i haven't even half those clothes didn't even come with me um <laughs> But anyway, talk to me a little bit about so you partner with it. The, yes, the brand. So yeah, go ahead. They uh yeah, they reached out to me and and my agent and just were like, hey, we want to put some shirts together to you know send out to people and kind of a reminder of you know your journey and stuff. So, you know, we were kind of thinking of things to put on it, and you know, I was just like never give up. You know, I kind of wanted to make a shirt that said keep going and yeah, the never get, give up brand came and yeah, just, you know, something that, and I know it's cliche, but it's something that is so true, you know, because never giving up something crazy can happen in your life. So, and it relates to everybody because, you know, whether it's, you know, baseball for me now in 10 years, it'll be never given up at something else, whether, you know, no matter what I'm doing. So it's just always, you know, just a good little reminder in life that, you know, even if you're transitioning to something, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily giving up. You're just chasing a different dream. So, you know, so yeah, just go to Breaking Tea. There's a link in my bio, my bio. Uh, Drew Maggi One's my Instagram. So yeah, if you're interested in buying the tea, go for it. And uh yeah, do what you love. Yeah, we'll we'll blast that around here on on social. I'm gonna get my hands on one of those. Add to the cause for you. Get the V neck. Um, what? Get the I gotta get the V neck. <laughs> but I don't know if you know what for that. I will order the V neck. Just if you just don't get it. I'm gonna send you one. <laughs> okay, fine. Deal. Either one. I I will proudly rock that V. Oh yeah, proudly um, on here. Yeah, you know, but but I'll say this though, because I usually do like a, a, a closing of, of advice, but I think it embodies what your messaging is with your brand. Never give up, because no matter what you're doing, you got to keep going. And if you keep going, you're gonna find yourself getting into something that maybe you never could have imagined happening. But you can't do that unless you keep grinding through. Hundred mm percent. -hmm. Cool. Well. Hank, that's it. Hopefully that was not too painful for you. Oh, um, and uh, yeah, that's all I got, Drew. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll talk more in the future. Thanks for having me, brother. That does it for this week's episode of Off Script with Rip. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Drew Maggi. And as always, if you liked this podcast or this episode, please write a review, like, and subscribe. Again, I want to make this better for all of you. So please, all the feedback is good feedback. But that will do it. And I will see you next week for a brand new episode of Off Script with Rip.